the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Morning, Karen. Morning. So who are we singing this song to today? I don't even know what the song is. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Here we go. You've never heard the song before? No. They're saying liar care. Okay. Well, that could apply to a lot of people, Mark. (laughs) I don't know who to start with. This isn't recently, Gary. This was over a month ago. And then there may be a phase three, or we may get it done in phase two. So you'll either but have two phases like, or three phases. We don't have phase one yet, so do we? So we're very happy with it. We have great respect for China, great respect for President Xi. And I want to just tell you that I watched the 70th anniversary in great detail. And you got a lot of flack for saying that, too. And congratulations on the 70th, everyone. That was I don't know if he really saw it, but he said he did. Amazing to watch. Mr. You said I'm coming up, trouble coming up with the name. Oh, that guy. Job. All of my team, I think, has done a fantastic job. The Vice Premier, I want to just thank you very much for being here with your team. Uh, you're very tough negotiators. Congratulations. But it's something that we both realized right from the beginning is very important, not only for China, not only for the U.S., but for the world. And every time there's a little bad news, the market would go down incredibly. Every time there was a little bit of good news, the market... He ain't lying there. And yet other news that was also very big, the market just didn't really care. They just seemed to care about the deal with the USA and China. And that's okay with me. Well, there you go. You know, so, I I mean, but, but the part of the reason is it's his own committee or his own advisors who are coming out and every time it's like negative news they're like oh the china trade talks are going fine maybe they are i mean i don't know I, well i don't know either i mean i, I guess i don't know this was over a define. month ago saying that be- phase one was done and he's looking forward to phase two and phase three i don't think phase one is it maybe done they yet? thought it was maybe they're still negotiating and talking Oh, I don't know. A, you know, I mean, until it's done, it doesn't. There ain't me. no China. There is no trade deal, Carrie. Does everybody get that? It, this is just going to be dragged on. You know, they'll come out and say there's some trade deal, right? 
Um, but I don't know how. All Jeez, right. that could apply to a lot of politicians, Mark. Well, <laughs> I can think of ones that are more appropriate well, for right now. Well, I don't even want to go open the corral of lies coming out right. of the impeachment hearings. I'm so bored with right. that. But I mean, well, Nancy Pelosi, you know, remember she's coming out with a new definition of quid pro quo, right? You know, right. It's like, well, it's bribery. Uh, I yeah. mean, so when is that the definition? Oh. Of, uh, so. You know, uh, oh, don't get me started, Carrie. You know, so, um, well, you know, anyone who, you know, said that the Brown Steeler rivalry, you know, had cooled off in the last few years was lying. Did you see the game then? Right? No, I did not. Oh, my God. You didn't see the. the, the no, the, I told the, you no NFL in my house anymore. Wow. You know, you didn't see the fight then. Nope. Um, wow. As, you know, as OJ put it, it's on. You know, um, the, you know certainly, uh, you know, who would better to comment on, you know, football players' violent acts on, on, on the field than OJ? But, um, but you know, again, it's so we'll see. So who's lying this week? Who's not lying this week? Well, we'll see if we can determine that. Go on, you get us started. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational radio talk program here to give people helpful information about issues that may impact their financial life, whether you're working and thinking about your future retirement or what I should be doing today while I'm working to maximize my assets and minimize future cumulative taxes, or if I'm in retirement, what strategies can I use to create the income I need as tax efficiently as possible, how to avoid potential traps, financial disruptors, And for anyone, how do you know what you can realistically afford to spend without running out of money? And we've been around more than 34 years in the greater Cleveland area. And we are a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planner. What we do is build custom financial plans and we do financial modeling and help people analyze the financial choices, whether it's Social Security, pension, Roth conversions, IRA distribution planning, and then um, income replacement needs and trying to quantify things um, so that decisions are easy, that you can see these um, objective, unbiased analysis. And we are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau, and we're Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's List if you want to do some due diligence. Um, but we do offer a free, no-obligation consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is very different, um, if it's appropriate for you. Um, we also have hourly planning options and comprehensive retainer fees if people want help throughout the analysis, recommendations, and implementation, and the coordinated of effort with talking to other advisors, which we're doing a lot of, and I know Mark has a case study today. Um, We do not manage our clients' investments, assets. We don't do investments. Our clients either do their own investments or we work closely with their existing investment advisor when needed. And um, just want to make that clear because people, there's a lot of confusion and that's how we're different. Um, We don't believe in there's one size fits all. There's no good or bad products or solutions. It's are they used appropriately? What is the strategy to use them in the future? And are they appropriate asset um, if you're concerned about passage? And you can give us a call for a free consultation, which we can do by phone or in person. Um, You can call us at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can go to our website, financialfoodforthought.com. On the website, you can contact us. Um, You can check out our podcast if you want to listen to previous shows. You can sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter, I have alerts. 
this week I sent an, an alert on some of the thresholds, new ones coming yeah, out for IRAs. Yeah, a lot IRAs. of thresholds. We'll, talk, we'll try to They'll catch. start coming out, yeah, so we'll sign to... up. As those come in, I send blast them out. Also, I'll keep you posted once I get the 2020 planning classes scheduled. So you can, there's a lot of resources, calculators, and other helpful information at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Thanks, Carrie. And that's Carrie Waddell, and I'm Mark Donnelly, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 34 years. And we do it one family, one plan at a time. And yeah, we're going to start those classes up in the new year. And of course, we'll, for the classes, we'll have, um, hopefully, you know, <laughs> by the first one, we have all the new tax rate tables in, right? Um, and so we, that's usually a handout, you know, where we copy you the, the, you know, the new tax tables if you're doing this at home. Um, as you said, the newsletter, you know, as you get them, as the government releases them. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about some of those today. Um, a lot else going on, too, Carrie, before I get to the case study. Um, we had some Fed speak this year, uh, Fed speak this week, right? Um, this year, a lot of Fed speak this year, but certainly we had some, you know, Jerome Powell was speaking this week. And, you know, he, he pretty much hinted that no more, you know, rate cuts this year. Okay. Okay. So remember, um, it's hard, you know, it, it, now it seems like with all the other commotion going on, there's been a less heat on uh, Jerome Powell. Um, but he's kind of hinting that, no, maybe they're done. They're going to pause right now. So they're in, in between, right? The, as of early as, or as soon as not long ago as last December, they were still raising. Then they did a 180 and now they cut it three times this year. Now we're at pause level. So we'll see like that. But he also warned Congress about the next recession. Of course, there's not a lot of consensus when the next recession is going to hit. Right. But Powell is warning Congress, you know, that, you know, the Fed won't be able to fight the next recession all by itself. It's going to need the help from Congress. You know, he noted, you know, during the downturns, you know, the Fed has historically cut interest rates by about five percentage point. Well, if currently the rates are at one point seven five carry. So you can't cut five. You know, he's not because mm-hmm. they continue to say they're right. not going negative like some of the other world. Right. You know, and I don't bankers. think that worked out so well. Um, you know, so they've pretty much all ruled out that possibility. So the point is they can't do it all their own. They don't have enough, you know, dry powder to 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 do it. All right. Um, no room to cut. OK, so, you know, the the Federal Reserve usually reduces interest rates by about five percentage points during a recession, but it will be hard to do that next time. Right. OK. Um, so, you know, in theory, the gap could be made up through fiscal stimulus. You know, that's back to our Congress. Right. And, our, and of course, the president. But, um, you know, by the federal government, either cutting taxes or increasing spending, you know, in practice, you know, th- this will prove almost impossible because we don't have a lot of, you know, congressmen working together anymore. Right. Uh, I mean, in fact, if we're not going to do stimulus when we have these low interest rates, um, right. somebody tell me when we are going to do it. Right. Um, but anyway, so uh, so, you know, so again, you know, how do you protect yourself against um, a recession? Because, it, you know, it's hard to time. Right, Carrie? Mm hmm. But one of the things you want to do is, you know, rebalance your portfolio. You know, don't be taking on more risk than what you need to be okay. You know, we've had a very strong market this year, double-digit returns in all the major mm-hmm. indices. Maybe you need to lock in some capital gains, right? Maybe you need to – maybe your uh, your growth, your you know, has gotten out of whack because it's done better than the fixed, right? You're no longer your 60-40 or your 50-50. So, you know, professionals, they do rebalancing. But if you're doing this at home, you may not be. By the way, if you're using a professional and you don't know if they're rebalancing, ask them. 
Mm-hmm. If you don't want to ask them, we know what you you should be asking them. You know, part of the you know part of the coordination. Right, of and I think that's great, Mark. A lot of people don't know what they don't know, and um, clients have commented over the years that we really help ask questions they never asked their advisors or never thought of asking, which in hindsight is really important when you're trying to get a better result. Right. Second thing you do to protect yourself and your family from the next recession, you make sure you have the adequate cash reserve build up. You know, hopefully it's still years away. So if you don't have the cash reserve right now, hopefully you have some time to build it up, you know, if you can, right? Um, And why do you want a cash reserve? Because it it gives you flexibility if, you know, when the market starts coming down, whether it be a bear market crash or a U.S. recession, one could certainly lead to the other pretty quickly. And it may not be because our Federal Reserve screws up, it could be, you know, global, you know, economic downturns that bleed into the U.S. You know, hard, hard for you to prevent that. Right. Um, you know, so the idea is, you know, by having that adequate cash reserve, you know, to cover that, you know, especially if you're in retirement. See, if you're working care, you still have your payroll cash. Flow. Right. But you so, still may have. Yeah. You may still you know, start cash, but in your retirement, it's even more important, you know, um, especially if you don't have a pension, you know, that's going to, you know, equal what you were making, right. you know. Um, so you're re- you're relying on your nest egg to provide you cash flow. And of course, you know, you, you, you always heard the rule, you, you hate to sell your stocks low, right? So so in, instead of putting your retirement, you know, plans on hold because there's a recession, you've got the adequate cash reserve to cover your net spending gap, you know, the difference between what you're planning on spending and what maybe your Social Security or maybe a pension coming in. So that difference, you know, you've gotten cash for the next 12 months or so. So if it is happening when you want to buy the new car or, you know, take the Hawaii trip, you you can you don't have to sell your stocks low. You still collect the dividends, by the way. But in the meantime, you know, you use your cash reserve. So that's constant. The third thing is build your own plan R. You know, in other words, if you know, you've got your plan A built, in other words, you're, if matter of fact, if you're retiring without a plan A, I guess you're winging it. Right. You know? um, so in other words, you retired knowing that you've got a plan that says I can retire now and still be OK to age 90, 95. Do I hear 100? Right. What's mm-hmm. your peace of mind? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is that plan supposedly is working. By the way, if that plan's not working yet, you haven't built your plan A. You're still in the process. Right. Because plan A better be in the ballpark. Right. Or how many times do people use those online um, projections or calculator or retirement that I'm going to be OK but they forgot to put in a lot of expenses when they bring it in. We see, well, what about inflation for healthcare? Do you think healthcare is not going up or you forgot to add that? Well, yeah, you forgot to put by in. By the way, your Medicare premiums are going up about 6.5, Right. And do you know what that looks like over time? We do. We've been doing, you know, our healthcare expenses or inflation cost at 5%. Or people think, okay, I'm just going to go on the Medicare supplemental that has no premium, but that doesn't mean you're not going to have any medical cost. That means you might have more out of pocket. Or maybe you forgot to build and you talk about that your kid's wedding, or maybe there's gifts out of need that come up or any other expenses. Maybe you forgot to build in an auto replacement fund or some other things in the future. That's really where we spend a lot of time. So sometimes that's just a good starting point where somebody says, oh, that calculator, we're gonna, I'm going to be fine. And then we build a plan, a very detailed, comprehensive plan, and uh, they're running short before life expectancy right. because and, of all the things they forgot. And sometimes it goes the other way. They right. don't realize how much more they could be spending. Or they could retire early. I guess I like those cases where you can show people, you know, with all these expenses and being very conservative and realistic, you can retire earlier than you thought. And for some people, that's great. They don't mind or they want to spend more and they want to keep working or other people saying going into work, knowing I don't have to. 
changes the dynamic, knowing I can quit any day. The other thing that a, an accurate model does is it says it, it can you can say, well, how much risk do I need to be okay? In other words, a lot of people, you know, Carrie, when they come into us for the first time, they don't really know what rate of return they really need to be okay. And that's an important thing. And that's where coordination with investment advisors is important. And so how do you, so assuming that you've done the plan A and it's working, Mm -hmm. okay, and you're implementing that, now for fun, you build a plan R, you know, R staying for recession or recovery, whatever you want to use. But the idea is now you build, you model in an economic downturn. How would you do that? Well, one simple way, let's say you've got a 60-40 portfolio and, you know, you're thinking, you know, so typically if there's a, if there is a recession, that could be a 20% decline, let's say in the S&P 500. Well, you're not going to be down 20 because you're not 100% in stocks, right? But if you're, you know, 60% in stocks, you may be down 12. Okay. So you say, I'm assuming this year I'm going to be down 12%. Um, you know, then uh, if, you know, or if you think there's going to be a, a 50% <laughs> drop like it was in 2008, you, you, you plan accordingly, right? Because now you better build in a 25 or, you know, you, know you, you, you do the math, right? So in other words, whatever you, you how negative you want to show the, the plan are, right? Um, and then the idea is saying, okay, um, you know, then I'm going to say the next year, maybe there's no growth. Because now we're in a period of recovery, and then maybe the following year we're back to maybe half normal, you know, maybe you know two to three percent, and then the next year we're back to our five or six percent, you know, that type of thing. So you model that in, and the idea is a lot of times that you know that doesn't really affect the year that that's happening or the or the recovery period that it's happening. What you really want to gauge is it having a long term effect on your on your uh, financial long you know uh, plan. Mm-hmm. In other words, how much shorter is your plan running because you have this economic downturn, especially, you know, when we talk about the sequence of returns, meaning that in the you know what everyone's afraid of, the year I retire, bam, I know that recession's going to hit. You know, so we can model that, you know, to give you some peace of mind that maybe you don't need to make a knee jerk reaction and say that you can still retire when plan or you you or if you do have to cut discretionary spending in retirement, how much does that mean you can never go on trips? Does that mean you can never buy a new car? Of course not. What, 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 you know, the idea of building out your expenses in detailed uh, schedules is that if you have to cut them, you can pick and choose mm-hmm. and say, well, okay, I thought I was going to do, you know, the uh, uh, Florida, you know, uh, winter getaway, you know, for 10 years. Oh, I can only do it for eight years. Or I thought I was going to do, you know, five bucket list trips at, you know, $15,000 a piece. Ah, you can only do three, you know, that type of thing. But it's being able to play the, you know, uh, pick and, you're right, pick and choose and make those adjustments on what's important to you. Um, All right. So, and, but again, I don't know if, you know, if we're talking pie in the sky because, okay, so here's some headlines uh, this week. Americans have a record $14 trillion in debt. Ouch. The the American debt, it's just out of control. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, um, 70 percent of Americans say they are struggling financially. Hmm. Do you think there's any correlation between those two stories, Gary? Hmm. Um, you know, so is debt bad? You know, I can hear the Dave Ramsey's, you know, just going crazy. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's your choice. It's our it's our client's choice of whether they're choosing to use debt. Um, I mean, at some point, sometimes, you know, I mean, I, and I guess my point, Carrie, is by building a plan, I, I don't say that nobody should use debt. Right. I just want to make sure that if our client chooses to use debt, that they can service it. Right. Without running out of money. 
You know, so so we feel sometimes our job is not to scream and yell at you that you, you can't retire with a mortgage or that, you know, you can never buy a car on debt or, you know, or, or and we're not in that, you know, that extreme, you know, that that for everybody who can fog a mirror, you know, you shouldn't have debt. But we do try to say in any one case individually, if we find that in our model shows you can't service your debt, well, that's a different situation. Um, you know, and that's where you get into, um, you know, saying, well, maybe you're overextending yourselves a bit. Um, but with all those negative headlines, you know, then we get the, you know, another headline here, you know, mixed signals, Carrie. How, how long have we been talking about mixed signals? Years. Um, all right. Is, is <laughs> it different longer, this time? I was going to say probably longer than we've been doing the pod or podcast, Mark. Okay, probably. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, U.S. consumer confidence is continuing to accelerate. Mm-hmm. I mean, Black Friday shopping, Carrie, it's on. Um, right. You know, have you budgeted that in? So, you know, a lot of mixed signals and a lot of things that are beyond your control. You know, we always talk about when you're building your financial plan, concentrate on things that are within your control. You know, I started the program by, you know, tell, you know, a month ago when Donald Trump was saying, oh, everything's great. Phase one is done with China and we're looking forward to phase two. It, it ain't doing that way. You know, um, you know, I, you know, Germany. Oh, remember I was saying Germany was in a recession, Kerry. They they're not because okay. because the latest quarter came out zero point one percent positive. Hey, GDP. that's positive. It ain't negative, right? Because if it had been negative, it would have been mean they were right. in a recession. So somehow they'll squeak that. Yeah, they sharpen their pencils. Zero point one percent. They're not in recession. Hmm. Well, that's good news. See, that's positive. Right. But when you said control. And we see too many times where people don't have any kind of plan. They come in and remember, we offer that free consultation for that. And having an active plan and being proactive on your financial life will make a world of different. And it actually, there's so many missed opportunities when people wait or they said, I should have done this sooner. Each tax year stands alone. There are opportunities in every economic situation. And If you are in the camp that you think tax rates are going to go up in the future, you need to take control and be proactive and use opportunities where you can. Um, And that's what planning is about. It's about the little things and always bringing things down to how do you create more net benefit. And one of our philosophies always was use the government's money. And that was um, what it means is money that's typically if you don't do anything and you're passive and let the cards fall where they may is the amount of money that's being paid in taxes. If you use planning strategies and use those, understand the thresholds and use the opportunities, the money that was earmarked for the government, you can either redirect to yourselves, your heirs, a charity. You can, you know, that's where it's use the government's money and there's too many opportunities that are missed time and time again. We offer the free no obligation consultation. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights, but we have offices around the greater Cleveland area and we can do free consultations by phone. And that's for people who are working or already retired. Or especially in the bad weather approaches. Right. We can do consults by phone. Um, And like I said, people who are working or already in retirement, um, there's lots of issues that we deal with. 
Um, many of our clients already have that investment advisor in place, but we do what we do is very different. We bring something else to the table, and we'll let you know if we can't help you. Um, we only want clients that want to work with us, and we've been fortunate enough to have been around so long that we've been with our clients. We have long, long-term clients. and Some third generation. Right, and I was going to say, working with the grandkids of those original clients when we started. And if you want to take advantage of the free consultation, you can call the estate planning team, leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday, or you can send an email through the website. I get all the emails. Um, so you can go to financialfoodforthought.com or give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Okay, thanks, Carrie. Um, all right, we have another uh, Democratic presidential candidate. Throwing a hat into the election, Carrie. Did you hear about this? No. I, uh, I've been trying to turn Mr. Out. Patrick, Deval, Deval Patrick. Now, I almost said devil. <laughs> I don't want to make De- that mistake no. when you're talking about the next de- Democratic president. So does anybody know who Deval Patrick is? No. Um, well, he's in. He's running for president. He was the former Massachusetts governor. I don't know. I think, it, do we have a, a, I mean. Don't we have too many anyway? I, I mean, do, do a couple more have to drop off before a couple more go in? I, I don't know. But uh, I'm not sure what the Democrats are working on. I, I, I But we'll see. Um, when's the next debate? I don't even know. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so what's going on with some of the new tax tables and tax thresholds? Well, the one that we've been waiting on, Carrie, mm-hmm. is the um, Medicare thresholds. You know, that, that's right. one that many, many of our clients are dealing with. And it's especially... Um, Hard, you know, or, or more, uh, you're, you're sometimes you're more susceptible to it if you're single, um, you know, you know, widow, widower, or never married, or you know, filing single because the threshold's cut in half, you know, as opposed to where you're married filing jointly. So, this is where you have too much modified adjusted gross income. That's where you have to take your adjusted gross income and add back in your tax uh, free interest, your muni interest, all right, to get modified adjusted gross income or MAGI, we call that. And it's and what's what what tricks not trick what catches people is that there's a two year window between how the what what tax return because again the uh, the Medicare you know uh, you know uh, uh, trustees don't take your word for it when they have to figure out whether you have too much income right mm-hmm. they they get, they get your tax return um, you know you know I don't think they got Trump's tax return but I'm sure they do. Um, so, you, you know, you get your they get your tax return. But here's the problem. For example, right now, like you'll be getting soon, you'll be getting your new Social Security benefit statements mm-hmm. where if you're on Medicare, you know, you get your new Medicare premiums. Or if you're not on Social Security, but collecting Medicare, you'll be getting your new Medicare from the Medicare trustees and what your new Medicare premiums are for 2020. Well, they have to know that now, right? right. You know, so your twenty nineteen. Well, obviously, your twenty twenty tax return's not done. Right. Your twenty nineteen return tax return's not done. So the only one that they really have to use is twenty eighteen's. That's why there's this two year gap. Your twenty eighteen return controls what your 2020 Medicare premiums are. The return you're working on right now, well, you'll soon be working on 20. We're working on the 2019 returns right now. That will affect the 2021 Medicare premiums, mm-hmm. right? So that tricks, that, that catches people. 
Okay, especially when you when if you're retiring in that two year time period, right? You have to peel that because you say, well, you can't use my return two years ago. I was working full time, right. or my spouse was working full time. So you have to. Use or if you your, had a loss of a spouse, that's um, another reason. Yeah, the life changing events. You have to peel those. By the way, you've got sixty days. You know, from the date you receive that notice. You know, so uh, you know. And how many coordin- people got it that we've? I'm sorry, you said coordinator. How many people have gotten that notice and didn't realize they could even appeal it and then end up paying a higher amount? that they didn't need to um coordinated advisors we can't stress it enough so anyway so you know so finally we have an increase in those thresholds because those thresholds and i'm going to use the married filing jointly you know which is the hundred and seventy thousand dollars okay single was half that you know uh eighty five thousand dollars that was frozen those thresholds were frozen in the law for many years because i would have clients saying mark why don't those ever go up I mean, I get, you know, the tax tables go up, we get bracket creep, you know, we get cost of living increases in the tax code. Why isn't the Medicare? Well, because there was a law that Congress passed that didn't allow them to go up. That froze those thresholds. That that law thawed this year in 2019. So we now have the new numbers, right? And so the if you were used to that $170,000, it's now $174,000. So you have a little more room there, right? A single filer, you know, if you're used to the 85 or you're trying to target 85 and you're playing the tax limbo game, that's now going to be $87,000, okay? Um, And they should continue to go up every year, you know, unless the Congress freezes them again, right? Um, now I'm not going to go through all the brackets because I'm just doing the first level carry. The next, I'll do the next one. So the next one after the 174, the second threshold is now 218. Previously it was 214. Now it's 218. Okay. Um, and then there's three more brackets. You know, if you if you want to see those, come to our classes or come in for a consultation. We'll give them all. Or you go look them up on you know uh, the the internet. Right. So now also a lot of people are saying, well, by the way, Mark, what is my Medicare B premium going to be? OK, so um, if you were paying one hundred and thirty five fifty a month, which what most people were, unless you were right. in one of those higher tier thresholds, you know, um, that's going up to one forty four sixty. $144.60. So this is where, Carrie, you were mentioning before, a lot, you know, a lot of times a new client will come into us and we say, well, what are you budgeting for health care in retirement? And we, sometimes we get the answer, well, I'm, well, I thought it was free. I'm going on Medicare. It, do you understand Medicare is not exactly free? All right. Um, now, most people, I think, are getting that message, Carrie, but compared to, you know, it's still a lot of, it's still surprising right. people. They don't really have built in an adequate budget for health insurance premiums. And I think that's true of people who've been with an employer. We still run across a couple of people that never paid a premium as part of their benefits. They didn't have to supplement it. So I think they're surprised when they do have to eventually pay or the amount that they have to pay. Right. And so, you know, so again, that's that's about a 6.7% increase. You were talking about the cost of living increases. Well, you know, the Fed keeps telling us inflation is below 2%. So why is my Medicare premium going up 6.72? Hmm. Um, okay. Now, um, and the, and again, the um, now there, there's a big issue here too. If you're married filing separately, that is a big you know uh, you know expensive way for Medicare. And if you and you know come in for a consultation or or you know if you don't if you're if if you've got somebody who's still telling you 
um, to file separately to save some Ohio income taxes, but you and your spouse are getting to Medicare and you're going to be going on Medicare, you need to review that. And you need maybe, to weigh the benefits. Maybe we'll do a case study on that coming up, Carrie, but um, not today. I've got another one planned for today. All right. Um, so, by the way, you know, and say, well, Mark, you know, you told me the bad news. Well, tell me the good news. How much is my Social Security benefit going up? Hmm. Not quite 6.7%, Carrie. Hmm. Um, the Social Security is going up 1.6%. Hmm. So that means, Mark, then what you're telling me is my Social Security benefit's going up 1.6%, but my Medicare premium's going up 6.7%. I don't like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think my net pay is – my net, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Social Security depositing my bank account is going lower. And that may be the case. But so, you know, what? You know, we're going to have to dust off, Carrie, the famous – Hold, hold harmless, harmless rules. rules, right? And you say, Mark, what the heck is all? Now, again, I'm not here to defend the logic, simplicity, or fairness of our tax code, right? I'm just here to talk about the rules, all right? Um, so, we haven't had to deal with the hold harmless clause since I think 2016 was the last time it really reared its ugly head. Um, but it's really a good thing for a lot of you. It's not a good thing for a lot of you. Um, at least for a no, lot that of that clears it up. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, you know, it depends. Um, you know, but basically, it's a rule that uh, you know helps to ensure that Social Security recipients won't face painful reductions in their monthly benefits, even when costs under Medicare are on the rise. Okay, um, but you you know you you have to qualify for it. For example, who doesn't qualify for it? Obviously, if you start you know Medicare in the first year, you don't you're not protected by the hold harmless clause. You know, it's, it's only protecting people that have already been on it for you know previously. And if you're in one of those higher thresholds, you don't get it. So in other words, if you know, that's why we play that tax limbo game because if if you if you if you're in one of the higher thresholds, you are no longer protected by the hold harmless. So we'll be dusting those you know rules off in future shows as well. Um, all right, um, all right, Carrie, let's talk a little bit about um, the case study. So when we talk about year end planning. Um, you know, we, we, you know, we're very active planners at the estate planning team. We're not the ones that, you know, we do a plan for you once and then you go home and throw it into a sock drawer for 30 years and say, oh, everything's fine. Right. Um, it's not really worked that way. Um, the whole idea is that, you know, the, the, the model that we print out, it, 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 it's outdated before the ink is dry, you know, right. because that remember that, you know, that new, you know, that new car that the clients told us they had no you know plans on mm-hmm. buying. You know, they had to go out and buy it, um, you know, those types of situations. Or, you know, when they said, you know, do you think we need to build any, you know, emergency funds for, you know, you had mentioned before gifts out of need, Carrie. That's, mm-hmm. you know, when you, you know, mom, dad, you get to knock on the door in the middle of the night and, and saying, mom, dad, I'm in trouble. Can you help me? And you're like, well, sure, son or daughter, you know, how much do you need? And, and when do you need it by? And they say, well, I need it now. You can write me a check. You know, those type that, that but that never really happens in real no. life, does it, Carrie? Um, but you know, the idea of, you know, the, uh, you know, those types of situations, you know, you got a plan. So that's why, you know, the models, you know, that we build, you know, we're under, we know, you know, all models are wrong, mm-hmm. but some are useful. And I think ours are very useful. Um, 
All right. So um, Kippinglers did a reader poll, Carrie. Okay. Um, I mentioned before about you know protect. One of the things that you protect yourself for the next economic downturn is rebalance your portfolios, mm-hmm. and that's and that's a good practice anytime. I mean, I you know right. you know, but um, so how many of Kiplinger readers, Carrie, think do that on a regular basis? Twenty to thirty. Very good, Carrie. Forty-one percent. Uh, I did not see that. Okay. Okay. Um, that's more than I thought. Okay. A second thing that we're doing right now with year-end planning is are you checking to make sure you've got your estimated tax safe harbors covered? Okay. Um, so, you know, and, and you know, that's the idea that, hey, it's okay if you end up owing money on April 15th, but if you owe too much, you're charged an underestimated interest and or penalty, depending on the severity of your underpayment. And you got to have that taxes paid in timely, right? Either they're withholding, you know, or and and or quarterly estimates. And, you know, don't forget about, you know, your, your credit carry for it. Carry, I had that come up this week. I'm working at the client and one of our clients, they had forgotten that they had a credit carry for it from the previous year. So they were thinking they had to make a much bigger, you know, fourth quarter estimate. I'm saying, no, you've got the credit carry for it. They're like, ah, I completely forgot about that. Um, coordinated advisors, right? You know, I uh, can't stress it enough. Um, so how many of the Kiplinger readers, carry think they check their withholding at year end? Hmm. I would say 50% maybe. 35%. Oh, geez. Okay. Um, another thing we're doing with our clients at this time of year, year in planning, is working on charitable planning techniques. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because under the new tax law, under Trump's new tax law, the tax cut, 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 cut law, right? You lost the, um, a lot of you lost your ability to deduct charitable contributions uh, because you are no longer itemizing. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing because the new higher standard deduction may have been higher than what you're itemizing anyways. But the point is you're not really getting the tax benefit right. of doing your charitable contribution. So can you do anything else to try to take advantage of that? One could be you could try to bunch them. You know, you could try to pay two years of charitable contributions in one year and see if you can get it that way. You know, donor advice funds are very good at for doing that. In other words, you could put you could put five years of right. um, um, you know, your your what you were planning on to give your you know your charity over the next five years, you could dump that in one year into a donor advised fund, and 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 then get over the the, the schedule A uh, limitation or the, you know amounts, so you're itemizing, and then you could just dole it out, you know, in the donor advised fund. Another one that's getting popular is the qualified charitable distribution. Now there, that's going to be part of our case study today, Carrie, but um, that's another way you could do it. So. Um, so, you know, so how many of the uh, Kip- Kiplinger readers, Carrie, are doing actively, you know, charitable planning at the end of the year? Hmm. How? Uh, 30. Very good, Carrie. 32%. Okay. Now, remember, these are Kiplinger readers. We think these are right. the ones who are really into it. Right. I mean. Oh, that's true. I was just saying. Um, you know, so, if, you know, uh. So, I mean, remember, so across, if 32 of the Kiplinger readers are only doing this, how much percentage across the country are doing this? Probably a lot, a lot less. Um, All right. So you get the point. Not a lot of active planning going on. You know, when we talk about year-end planning, you got to do it now. In other words, you know, you're running out of time. All right. Um, You know, so you kind of do it. All right. So this was a a case study. um, And... This case, this came up. Um, it was a year, a, a year ago. Um, 
And we met with the clients, and they were retired, but you know he had not turned seventy and a half yet. It actually, he was going to return. He was going to turn seventy and a half in January of twenty nineteen. Okay, and he, you know, of course, was well versed about the required minimum distribution rules. You know, again, if you're not, you know, <laughs> remember, if you, don't we always say, don't wait till seventy years old to start learning your required minimum distribution rules. Which is why we do the IRA and Roth class because it's amazing how many people still don't know. Well, the rules when it comes to minimum required distribution are owning these tax qualified assets. Yeah, I mean the Nationwide did a study not long ago and and they they their survey said only 13% carry of 65 year olds who are still working could correctly identify when RMDs begin. That's bad. I mean, that's just people not knowing, but that's huge. Um so the rule again for those at home because you know, you have until April 1st not April 15th. That's the bad April Fool's joke by the government. Mm-hmm. You have until April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attain age 70 and a half. Well, I think about like since you just said that, I thought about the case we had years ago where the couple came in after the fact and we, we they had um, they actually went through the Medicare beat. They took a big um, hit or a big withdrawal on their IRA before they were 70 and a half, but they had like 67, 68. Because they bought a new car, they did home improvements, and they did not know that they had to pay taxes on it. Hmm. So that threw them in a threshold of, uh, you know, Medicare B premiums, shot them through a high tax bracket. Hmm. Just being aware. Yeah. And that's our job for our clients, if you don't know. All right. So that April 1st. Now, here's the thing. If you wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year, you attain age 70 and a half to do your first required minimum, you'll have to do a second required minimum by December 31st of that same mm-hmm. year. So in effect, you'll be doing two RMDs in one tax year, and you might not want to do that because that could get expensive. Okay. So for that reason, a lot of our clients don't wait till April 1st of the year following the calendar year. They attain age 70 and a half. They, they complete their first required minimum distribution in the calendar year. They attain age 70 and a half. Okay. And by the way, you don't have to a turn age 70 and a half to do it. In other words, you don't have to wait to the month in the calendar right. year you turn 70 and a half. That's different, by the way, than that qualified charitable distribution rule, which we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, the qualified charitable distribution rule says you can't do that until you've attained age 70 and a half, literally. All right. So be aware of that. So you can do your required minimum in any month of the calendar year you turn 70 and a half, but your qualified charitable distribution can't be done until you've actually attained the month, uh, you know, of age 70 and a half. Don't get me started, you know, you know, again, I'm not here to defend the logic, simplicity, or fairness of our tax code. Just talking about the rules. All right. Now, um, all right. So, you know, so, you know, and then you could say, well, Mark, which is better for me? You know, should I do my, should I wait and do two in the, in the other year? Or should I do one the first year, one in the second year? Well, here's where you might not want to ask your neighbor what they did. Okay. Cause it might not be the same circumstances. 
um, coordinative advisors. Maybe, hey, here's an idea. Maybe you want to throw this out to your you know, CPA and say, here, here, Mrs. CPA, throw me a bone here. Can you run me a little two-year scenario where in scenario one, I, I, do, I don't do, I defer, I don't do the RMD in year one. I do two in year two and then add the cumulative two-year tax together. And then scenario two, I do my one in the first year and one in the second year, add the two-year cumulative together. And, and I'm going to choose which one is lower taxes cumulatively over two mm. years. I don't know. Is that possible? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, other other situations where you may want to delay it to the second year is if you're going to have one of those life changing events. Maybe you know we've had over the decades, we've had many situations where in year one, one if not both of the spouses was still working, so they didn't have a lot of room to do the RMD in year one. Where in the year two, they weren't going to be working. Right. Their wages or their income goes down. Yeah. Makes more sense to do. Two in one year, although that still depends on how much their RMD is going to be. Right. Active planning. All right. So back to this particular client. So they're not asking your neighbor what they're doing. They were working with us. Okay. Um, and this is a situation. So normally or previously, what they were doing with their charitable contributions, um, and I'm not even going to use any numbers, Carrie. I'm just going to keep it simple, right? Keep the uh, concept. Um, they were normally just doing their, you know, you know, as they would, um, as they would um, do their, you know, they they would take money if they didn't have enough cash flow. Normally, do their charitable contributions. They might, you know, take money out of the IRA, you know, and and do it and and stuff like that. And they were getting the deduction on Schedule A. So now we're meeting with them for the year in planning in 2018. And now, you know, they and we and when we were running the numbers, we we're showing them, you know, you know, you're not going to be able to deduct those anymore because you're not going to get over the itemized deduction. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get a charitable contribution. And they said, well, I, you know, and they thought that they could just do that qualified charitable division. They could just say, well, I'm going to take my money directly from my IRA and send it to my charity. And no, you, you, you have to be age 70 and a half before you can do that. So he wasn't going to turn 70 and a half until January of 2019. Okay. So he couldn't execute the QCD in December of 2018, which okay. was when he would normally give his big charitable contribution. So he was kind of upset. And we said, well, you know, because it kind of ruined his plan. I said, well, no, that's why we plan. You know, we, the year's not done yet. You know, we were meeting with them and, and it was like early November. Right. You know, you know, you know, so now. So the other thing I said, well, by the way, does, is your church really going to care whether they get the money on December 20th or January 20th? No. It's not really going to make a big difference to them. You know, um, so we, we said, you know, actually, you don't you can wait. And just, you know, when you and we get into January, once you've attained age seven and a half in January, then you can execute the QCD. By the way, even if you want to do a second one by December of 2019, where you normally do it, you could do it again. Right. Because the two QCDs together wasn't going to be more than his required minimum anyways. By the way, if you want to do more than a required minimum, you can. The law says you can do up to 100,000 in a QCD. You and your spouse could both do up to 100,000. Hmm. All right. So it's pretty high, you know, you know, now. Um, all right. So he's th- he's thinking, oh, maybe I've got maybe I'm all's not lost here. All right. 
So then we also said, you know, by the way, now that you don't really have, a, a, you know, you're not going to, you know, take out money out of your IRA to make the charitable or they didn't need at this point in November, they didn't really need any more out for cash flow carry because we had their cash reserve set up and all those things we're doing to protect. So now we said, well, you know, actually you've got room to take money out of the IRA in 2018, if you don't need it right now and you're not going to send it to charity right now, you can okay. do a Roth conversion. Hmm. Because once he turns seven and a half, you know, you can't convert your required minimums to Roth IRA. That's not allowed by the law. Right. But he's in still 18. He could still do a Roth conversion. So now we're saying, okay, so what we, so we ended up doing. Um, yeah, he was going to defer the, the charitable to next year using the QCD, which was going to, you know, he won't, he, you know, now he's getting a benefit right. because remember that he's going to lower his adjusted gross income by the QCD. So it's not that IRA distribution is not taxed at all. Plus right. it lowers Ohio because Ohio starts with it. That's the benefit of the QCD, right? Also now he's doing a little bit of a Roth conversion and we say, well, how, Mark, how much, you know, would, you know, then we start playing the tax limbo game. You know, we look at his next thresholds, you know, how much of a Roth conversion he could do and still stay under one of those thresholds. He doesn't want to go through. He decided to max out his zero long-term capital gain rate. Okay. Um, and so that way, all his quali- you know, all his qualified dividends and all his long-term capital gains would still be taxed at zero for the year. Um, you know, so it turned out. You know, so now you know, and and so we coordinated. Not only did we model the plan, we then went to coordination. We've got his. CPA involved, who was running the pro formas, right? And how much we, he could do to max out a threshold. We got his investment advisor. We got his IRA custodian, custodian involved. So the custodian knew what he wanted to do. And now the CPA's on, on notice that he's doing the QCD next year. You know, so, that, so now the CPA's got a note in his file for next year to be where, oh, Mr. Client's going to be doing QCDs. I can't forget about that. Right. Okay, because we've had some problems with that, you know, because the 10, oh, you know, Carrie, if, if, if that's Chuck Reddick, I'm not here. Uh. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, you know, so the idea is, you know, it, you, you, if you're doing this, your the advisors are now a part of the plan, right? Um, and also coordinate with your charity. Make sure that they know what you're planning on doing, especially now, again, how much time do you have to do that? Well, with the rules, again, as long as the check is dated prior to December 31st, it's good for charitable contributions. OK, that by the way, that's not the case if you're making those you know annual gift allowances to your kids. Right. The kids have to deposit the checks in their own account by December 31st. Right. The charities don't. I wonder why that is, Carrie. I don't know. I, maybe they're just worried that maybe the parents are backdating checks to the kids. That wouldn't happen. No. And maybe they, they know the charities wouldn't do that. All right. So anyway, so remember, as long as a check is dated, because remember, in that qualified charitable distribution, the check's got to be made payable to the charity. You know, it's not made payable to you. And so that's a good example of a qualified, um, a quali- how we worked with the, when we gave him the bad news to the client. Right. That what he was planning on do wasn't going to work. But then we didn't just say send him home. No, we worked out a plan that's actually going to come out better than what he was originally thinking. And that's what planning is about, finding good workable solutions based on what you have, what your current thinking is, addressing cash flow, taxes, and 
um, what's important to you. And uh, you can call the estate planning team for a free, no obligation consultation. We look at these issues um, in every case, whether you need a little bit of help or a lot of help. And planning can benefit estates of many different sizes. And it's not about um, your estate size as much as Oh, what you have in place, your assets, what you're trying to accomplish, income expenses, and um, putting that all together. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. I know this song. Yeah. I don't know. What... Yeah. Now this song I know. So we're talking about liars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Nikki Haley made some news this week. You know who Nikki Haley is? Oh, yeah. Former South Carolina. Ambassador mm-hmm. of U.S. Nation. Good friend of President. She's out on her book tour, right? Um, so she wrote a book, and she was out promoting it. But she's also kind of promoting Trump. Let's see if I can get it. South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley served for nearly two years as President Trump's ambassador to the United Nations. She has a new book coming out that details what she saw during her time in the administration. We interviewed Haley for CBS Sunday morning. Do you think ultimately the president will be impeached and removed from office? Hmm. No. On what? You're going to impeach a president for asking for a favor that didn't happen and and giving money and it wasn't withheld, I don't know what you would impeach him on. And look, Nora, impeachment is like the death penalty for a public official. When you look at the transcript, there's nothing in that transcript that warrants the death penalty for the president. All right, so you get so, she's talking, so, you know, so. I always liked her. As she's doing this book tour. Right. And she's doing the CBS interview. People start saying, hmm, do you think she's vibing for a vice president bid? Huh. You know, you know, because a lot of people think she's being groomed for the 2024 POTUS election. Hmm. And wouldn't it be a big feather in her cap if she could be vice president four years prior to that? All right. So they started asking her, are you trying to get Pence's job? Quite frankly, Carrie, I don't know. I think Nikki's doing a better job talking about Trump than Pence's. Right, you don't hear Pence saying anything, I don't think, is, that I've heard. Is, is Pence sending anyone in a country on fire with his p- potential election to be president? No, I mean, I think he's a good guy, but I don't think... You know, so, so, but Nikki, you know, says, no, 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 no. You know, um, I, I'll tell you, it's amazing how this vice president stuff still keeps coming up. You know, the vice president and the president are a great ticket together. They're solid, solid enough that they're going to win together. Um, She claimed that there was no truth whatsoever, that she is trying to nudge Pence out the door. She added, I think Mike is great for the job, and I think he's the right partner for the president. Hmm. Do you think she's telling the truth, Karen? I don't don't know, but I've always, I liked her. Do you think maybe Trump would like to get a female on the ticket? I would think so. Do you think... uh, She's a smart lady. um, Do you think... President Trump may, you know, say Nikki's got better gams than Michael. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Nothing uh, surprises me about um, this world anymore. I think I'd be more <laughs> excited with her on the ticket. I don't know. What do you think? Get us out of here. Girl. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit our website. Um, you can contact us or for our podcast or other helpful information at Financial 
foodforthought.com. <coughs> Go Browns. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.